Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Church Podcast. We're happy that you would join us for today's teaching. As a church, we're passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus, no matter who they are or where they are from. If you have any questions about Jesus, the church, or the teaching you're hearing today, please don't hesitate to contact us online at ericksoncovenant.ca. And now, let's listen to this week's teaching. Well, we are now four weeks into our series through the big story of Scripture. We witnessed the dawning of creation with Genesis 1 and 2, and then the devastating catastrophe of Genesis 3. But what now? Right at the end of the tragedy, there were hints of hope, and yet as the story rolls out, things get decidedly worse. Brothers start murdering brothers, evil metastasizes within the human heart, and all of creation is nearly drowned as a result. Judgment features large into these stories of early Genesis, but so does grace. Not once, but again and again and again, even as humans persist in their resistance. But God, as we shall discover, is far more relentless than we are. He refuses to give up on the good intentions for his beloved world, however much we humans seek to thwart him. And yet we're left wondering, how exactly is he going to do this? Humans seem hopelessly foolish and faithless and frail, and we're forced to ask, how is God going to make good on his intentions? How will God follow through, as we heard last week, on his promise of a serpent-crushing seed as a a shame-covering sacrifice? How will he bring a satisfactory solution to our sin? How will he accomplish creation's renewal when humans seem hell-bent on its destruction? How? That's the question we ask. And like all good stories, the answer isn't obvious. The way out is blocked, and humans are jammed up into corners of their own making, seemingly unable to worship God, to love each other, and to care for the world that he gave them. By the end of Genesis 11, God sends the arrogant humans packing, scattering out from the Tower of Babel, so that they will multiply and fill the earth as they had been commanded, even when they would rather not. And from Genesis 3, Through 11, God's world is in chaos. And the way out of the mess doesn't just jump off the page. How will this mess be cleaned up? Or more to the point, how will God resolve the fall and renew all of creation? How? And then we turn the page to Genesis 12. And we discover God's method of choice that this is how God will save us. This is how renewal will come, though it will be a long time coming. God initiates it here in Genesis 12. We not only see how God will remedy our mess, but the way that he'll involve us in that renewal. Are you ready for this? Genesis 12, just the first few verses today. As idolatry rages and judgment falls and people scatter and nations grow, one man emerges from the smoking ruins. His name is Abram, later 
God will rename him Abraham, and you might know him more by that name, but Abram. Here at the beginning of Genesis 12, verses 1 to 5. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. There it is. Did you catch it? How exactly is God going to sort out this mess? First, by choosing one family for the sake of all the rest. This is the first thing we notice in this, uh, these verses in Genesis, is that it's God who takes the lead in this. All of this is God's initiative. Did you hear it? I will, God says, I will, I will, I will, as well as a few, you will, you will. This is covenant language, which will become even more explicit as the story unfolds when God then binds himself unconditionally in covenant with Abram, promising to give him a land, to make him a nation, to make his descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and to bless the world through him. But for now, just see how God's the one making the promises here. Abraham, or Abram, he has only to respond. Yes, in faith, and yes, in obedience, and he does need to go, and that's no small thing. But it's God who takes the initiative to choose him, to choose his family, to make him a great nation, to bless him, to make his name great, to protect him, and then do something with him for the sake of everyone else, something that's far beyond his imagination, far beyond his lifetime. God will bless Abram, and everyone else will be blessed through him. And the rest of Genesis follows the three generations of this one family. Abraham, and then Isaac, his son, and then on to Jacob and Jacob's family. And the last and one of the greatest stories in the Old Testament, the story of Jacob's son, Joseph, when he is sold into slavery by his brothers and rises to rule all of Egypt. The whole rest of the Old Testament, quite literally from Genesis 12 through Malachi 4, chronicles the development and the demise of this chosen family who did become the great nation that God had promised and yet failed to be the blessing that God had intended. How will God solve this human mess? By choosing one family, Abram's family, for the sake of all the rest. But how does that help us? God chooses this one family, but not so that there'll be a favorite family that can just sort of lean back and bask in God's glory and favor while God pummels the rest of us. No, that's not true. God, as we see developed in all of Scripture, is actually not a God who plays favorites at all. No, God narrows his focus to this one family 
through whom he will work, whom he will be in covenant with and walk with, so that through this family, he can then do something for the rest of us. And what's that? Well, it points to the very center of the whole scriptural story. Through this one family, one perfect man will come for the rest of the world, for all of us. Coming through Abraham's family, Jesus would be the way that blessing would ultimately come to the whole world, to all the families of the earth. How will God renew all of creation? He'll do it through Jesus. Through Jesus, this is so astonishing, God will join himself to his own creation. He will become one with his suffering creation. He will choose to do in this family something that is unique and special, not so that the rest can, as it were, go to hell, but so that the rest can be renewed. Through Jesus, God makes his choice so that this one man, the Son of God, would be for us and for the world what we were unable to be. Jesus, the perfect man, is able to respond to God, his Father, with the perfect love, the perfect relationship. Jesus, able to rule over creation with authority and righteousness and goodness, reflecting the character and kindness of God, able to care for the broken and the hurting. Jesus, able to be the true image of God that you and I were not able to be. Very God and very God, fully human and fully divine. That is Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. And this is where you can draw a straight line from that promise in Genesis 3.15 where God says a child of Eve would come who would crush our enemy. Draw a straight line from that through Genesis 12, the choosing of Abram and his family and the promise to be a blessing to all nations and right on through the story to the coming of Jesus himself, a child of Eve, a son of Abram, son of David, God's Messiah. God's renewal plan comes through this one family for the sake of the whole world because it's through this family that Jesus himself comes, standing in for us and then leading us forward into God's good future. But the story's still not done yet. That's at the center. Yes, God chose a family, and yes, through that family, Jesus came. But now, how Jesus brings his blessing to the world by the Holy Spirit, is by doing it through yet another family. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus initiates new creation and establishes a new covenant, creating a new family with people who are not only Jews, but now people from every nationality, every ethnicity, every language, every people. Jesus chose witnesses who are then scattered throughout the world to bring blessing, the blessing of Jesus, to the world. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus' family is commissioned to be fruitful and multiply. But this time, it's not about reproducing sexually, although that, of course, still happens, but it's about multiplying spiritually, sharing the hope and the victory and the blessing of Jesus with all the nations, with all the families of the world. Like Abram's family, we have been chosen, blessed to be a blessing to the world. Can you see how that story is unfolding? God chooses one man, one family. 
Through that family comes one man, Jesus Christ, who is the solution to our chaos. Jesus reverses the curse and initiates renewal through his resurrection, creating around himself and on the cross one new humanity, one new family who are then called, filled with the Holy Spirit and called to be the images of Christ that creation really needs. But more than just family, Jesus calls us friends. You know, just a few hours before Jesus was taken away, to be tried and then executed. He spoke to his followers and he said this in John 15. He said, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And then listen, and then listen to this. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. How will God renew the world? God's method of choice is choice. Choosing a family. Choosing to come in Christ and then choosing to send us to share him and his message of hope with the rest of the world. Well, let's put this on the ground. How do we apply this to our lives? First, in how we think. Remember how we've talked about as we go through this whole story, this big story of scripture, the goal is that our minds would be renewed. The way we think about the world would be reflected and affected by this story. So the first way we apply this is in how we think. And I invite you this week, over coffee, um, get a quiet moment if you can, I invite you to spend about 20 minutes this week reflecting on a a two-part question. Get out a pad of paper, brainstorm in answer to these questions. The first part A of the question is this. How does following Jesus bless you? If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, Try this imaginative exercise. How would following Jesus bless you? In our opening scripture reading today, Diana read of how Paul, uh, Paul reflects or gives praise to God for the way that we've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Here's the brainstorm exercise. What are those spiritual blessings? How have you been blessed? Whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're just exploring faith, what does it look like to be forgiven of our sin? What does it look like to be released from shame? What what does it look like to be given a, a unique purpose that goes so far beyond our own lives as joined together with God's purposes for the world? What does it mean to have a future and hope? Spend time drilling down on that writing it down, brainstorming your answer to how does or how would following Jesus bring blessing to you. And the second kind of part B to that first question is this. How does helping someone else find and follow Jesus bring true blessing to their lives? Sometimes I think we forget that. 
we forget that the greatest way we can bring blessing to others is by inviting them to follow Jesus, by helping them discover life and purpose, the way he has dealt with sin and shame, the way he rose again from the dead and offers us life by his Holy Spirit. And so take time to list it, write it down. How does following Jesus bless you? And how does helping other people find and follow Jesus bring true blessing to them? So we apply the teaching first in how we think, how our minds are renewed through it. Secondly, of course, we want to always apply the teaching in what we do and how we act. And so my question to this is quite concrete. Who in your life needs to experience blessing through you? Who is it? Ask. Pray about that. Think about that. Maybe write a list of that as well. Who who can you express love for this week in a concrete way to show care, a listening ear perhaps? Maybe it's a child on your block who is stir-crazy or maybe, frankly, the mom is stir-crazy and the kid keeps getting sent outside. We have a few of those on our street. Maybe it is a lonely mom at home. Maybe it's a senior who's been, frankly, kind of trapped, hasn't had a lot of visitors. Maybe it's a friend that you'd like to invite to participate in the online alpha course that we're running starts this week. But get specific. Who is God calling you to be that one person who is the hands and feet and presence of Jesus? I invite you to pray into that question and ask yourself, because there is someone in your life, you may not even be thinking of them right now, there is a person around you who God is calling you to be the blessing to this week. And uh, my hope and prayer is that as you sit with that, that person will come to you. Maybe you'll be surprised by it and discover that through you, God really wants to reveal his heart, his desire, and his love for them. We have been blessed to be a blessing. This is how God is going to renew the world. This is how he is renewing the world now. (laughs) Friends, God is committed to doing just that. And he's made a choice. He made a choice to use one family, to use one man, and now to use one church. I don't mean just the Erickson Covenant Church, of course. I mean all those who follow Jesus all around the world of every ethnicity and language and family. He has chosen to use us, the one new humanity that he formed on the cross and filled with the Spirit. He's somehow using us, making the choice so that his grace will flow through us to all. We've been blessed to be a blessing. My hope and my prayer for all of us this week, as we go, that we would know that we have been blessed And we would in turn share that with others. God bless you this week as you go and be a blessing to others. Thank you for listening. We hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight. We hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey, whether you're finding Jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. 
Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Erickson Covenant Church.